0: On today's episode, we ask the question, what questions are you asking for your campaign? Hello, and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters, a podcast discussing everything Star Wars 5e. My name is Todd, I've got Tegan here, and we're looking forward to jumping into hyperspace with you. Let's go! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters Podcast, Season 2, Episode 2. Tegan, how are you today?
1: Doing pretty well. I just heard about the EA news with Star Wars games. They're about putting out a new live or kind of open-world Star Wars game, so I'm pretty excited about it. hope it actually turns out.
0: Yeah, definitely be good to have uh, something new on the horizon in in that regard, so uh, good stuff there. Have uh, you—I know we talked uh, last— Last episode, because I think it uh, the book came out. Uh, have you picked up Light of the Jedi?
1: I have, uh, so I'm probably about a third of the way through it. Run a little slow lately, uh, but it's been pretty good so far. Uh, I've definitely been enjoying it.
0: Good, good deal. I haven't picked it up yet. I've got some other things I'm finishing up. The newest Thrawn book, I'm finishing that up, which has been very good. So, That's but, good. Uh, yeah. yeah, looking forward to hopping over to that one. So, Uh, welcome everybody to uh, our episode today Uh, we thank you all for being here of course check us out dungeonjedimasters.com for all of our content including this podcast Uh, our content on youtube uh, our live streams on twitch and uh, we do have some content on instagram that we put out as well as uh, talk to us on twitter and lastly uh, if you'd like to support the podcast and everything else we do uh, on our patreon Uh, In addition, uh, as a member of our Patreon, there are some benefits to that, uh, both in uh, Tier 2 and Tier 3 patrons. Uh, We do have some new Patreons that we'd like to give a shout out to. Uh, So first, uh, some new Tier 2 members. Thank you to Caleb, Jedi Cowboy, Ryan, and Alex. Uh, Thank you guys for your support there. And then uh, we have uh, three, our our first three members in the Tier 3 level, uh, Lord Fonten, David and Thomas. Uh, so thank you to you three. Uh, they will be the first three uh, participants in our play-by-posts uh, exclusive, uh, exclusive Patreon campaign that we are going to get started up here very soon. So if you're interested in that, uh, if you're an existing tier two, you can simply, you know, just change your uh patreon pledge over to that uh real easy and uh we'll be getting that spun up here very soon uh looking forward to it i know tegan we were talking about it a little bit earlier that uh you know just fleshing out the details and should be a good time
1: yes yeah, definitely be a lot of fun so yeah, definitely still time so if you're interested sign up uh, we would love to have some more players
0: uh we do have a couple uh star wars 5e updates uh Two archetypes actually, uh one from the monk and one for the engineer. Uh Tegan, uh the Crowvar monk. Throw it over to you for that.
1: Yeah, definitely. This is a pretty cool one. This one, um I know probably a lot of you have played traditional five E and come across the uh the way of the elements monk. Uh and that one's a little underwhelming. Uh this is kind of the Star Wars five E take on it based off the Crowvar order. Uh, and it's definitely a lot better a cool order to play with the monks uh, especially with some vowel options you can pick with the base monk you could really have some fun time with this uh, so basically it's similar to the elements monk uh, so basically a lot of your different things will revolve around your elemental attunement uh, and then around the elements of air earth uh, fire and water uh, so you're able to kind of manipulate those uh, or make different weapons based off of those elements uh, with which enhance as you gain levels Uh, Really, it's a lot of fun, This because really one of my biggest complaints with the the Elements Monk for 5e is it's just underwhelming, you've got to waste too much key to do anything. Uh, This has really changed that for the system and just gives some really cool options that aren't really, they're going to be too taxing on your overall build. Uh, So if you like Monks, and if you like uh, kind of the Avatar Last Airbender feel for one of your characters, try this out, this will be kind of the best way to get that flavor, uh, even in the Star Wars universe
0: very nice yeah definitely an interesting uh an interesting archetype there Uh, it sounds like a lot of fun uh the other one that i'm going to present is the construction engineering uh, archetype and it uh you know it is as it sounds uh for those engineers that would like to you know build things uh the big aspects of this uh, subclass are uh, creation of a portable structure. So at uh, third level, you gain proficiency in constructors' implements, and uh, your your big feature of the subclass is is that portable structure. Uh, and there are uh, looks like a five different options available that you can create, including a bridge, a cage, a shelter, a tower, or a wall. So uh, definitely some some very cool. Uh, landscape, terrain uh, affecting uh, features that could be very nice there. Uh, you can deploy these as you choose and you get to a number of those, uh, you get to deploy at a time, it looks like a, a combined total of four times and you gain more uses as you level up. So it's not just uh, one uh, deployment of that and then you have to either tear it down or, or whatever. Uh, so that's nice. So if you guys are traversing uh, maybe a difficult area and, and some of these can help out couple other aspects of this. You can have, uh, as you have one of these structures set up uh, in combat, uh, you can actually uh, utilize a reaction to have your structure take some of the damage uh, if an attack hits and an ally is nearby that. And uh, then lastly, uh, one other thing I'll touch on quickly at 6th level for this subclass is that uh, your tech powers uh, gain the siege property, which essentially gives double damage to Um, structures and other things like that. So uh, just kind of a nice feature there. So very cool Uh, addition to the engineering class, which is a great one. I think a lot of people enjoy that as well. So two more great additions to Star Wars 5e system. From there, uh, we do have our new uh, spotlights here that we created uh, for this season of the podcast, uh, our character spotlight and a campaign highlight. I'm gonna start us off with our character spotlight. Uh, and this came in from Zed. Most of us know Zed from the Discord and his character's name is garrus Locke. Uh, they are a guardian form 3 uh, Sorosu uh, level 3 guardian there. Their campaign is set in 3955 BBY in between Kotor 1 and 2. Garrus is a human Jedi, came of age during the revan Kist movement. His best friend, Shepard, went to Revan when he left the Order to go fight the Mandalorians. Out of respect of to the former Master, uh, Garrus stayed behind. Uh, he's cocky, sure of himself, and just now learning that maybe being a Jedi isn't the answer to all of the galaxy's problems. As a, as a DM to Zed, I'm going to say that uh, I'm definitely seeing some patterns in the type of characters he plays. Um, <laughs> The uh, unique feature of his character, uh, what makes them stand out. Uh, Garrus and Shepard uh, are probably, the names are, are recognizable uh, to anyone that have played Mass Effect. And um, he says that it started somewhat as a, a joke between uh, Storm Chaser, another member on the Discord, and himself. And it's just developed into this full-fledged uh, characters that have meaningful past history and baggage to work through. So definitely lots of great RP uh, opportunities there. Uh, he's just—he's a strength-based guardian. Nothing uh, too crazy in regards to the builds. Uh, he's pretty typical, and uh, he's only at level three at time of submission. So, who knows where his path will take him? So, thank you, Zed, for that. Uh, and over to you, Tegan, for our campaign highlight.
1: Nice. I actually play with Garrison this campaign too, so it's definitely been interesting seeing uh, him and Shepard kind of uh, get that all developed and this way start hashing some things out. So definitely good submissions, Ed. Nice. All right. So the campaign highlight this is actually from Besh. Uh, So he's another one from uh, the Star Wars 5e Council. Uh, Basically, for this highlight, uh, the party had arrived at a surprisingly laid-back crime lord's Tatooine fortress, uh, and he agreed to deal with anybody who impressed him, uh, whether through combat, uh, a powerful creature, winning a tournament, uh, just a number of different things, just anything that really kind of stood out to the guy. Uh, They joined a a bracket-style arena tournament, and after the first round through sheer chance, uh, a a tactician scholar... Uh, with uh, an Inquisitor and Scout multi-class and the Balance Counselor uh, with the Sorosu Guardian multi-class ended up in a duel uh, what followed was one of the most intense hour-long combat encounters I've ever seen. Uh, like the most ridiculous episode of Yu-Gi-Oh!, uh, every move prompted a trap card-like reaction or ability that blocked or deflected against it. Shields and force parries, parries and saber reflects, uh, dodging. Uh, the Scholar had notably never really gotten into shining combat before, so to see him go toe-to-toe with the Jedi uh, was in itself crazy. Uh, then it became clear he's going to win. Ah, uh, the arena crowd was going nuts. The crime Lord had uh, fully learned, uh, leaned forward in his throne uh, above the arena, eagerly watching every deflected bow uh, period advance with intense interest. Uh, then a shocking turn of events, as uh, it seemed he had it in the bag, he surrendered., uh, the counsellor had come to this place to force the crime Lord to stop pillaging a nearby settlement., uh, the scholar had reasoned it was her right to continue on the tournament. To, compete her, uh, to complete her quest. Uh, in the end, she was hailed the victor despite feeling confused and conflicted. Uh, the crime lord gave a standing slow crap and out of character, we couldn't stop talking about it for the next week. Uh, that definitely sounds sweet. That's definitely a cool character moment. Definitely one that can kind of carry on past the campaign, hopefully, uh, that people remember and kind of take with them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great stuff there from Vesh uh, on that moment. Uh, great hearing about that stuff. And, you know, both... Both uh, Zed and Vesh, thank you for submissions. Uh, both definitely going to provide inspiration, hopefully, to many out there listening. And if you would like to submit uh, to one of these uh, questions, you can, you can uh, submit to both of them, the spotlight and then the campaign highlights. Uh, we will have links in the description to our podcast, so look for those, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. With that, uh, I think we can head into our main topic today, campaign questions. We're going to talk about some questions that you can ask your players, your players about their characters uh, and then, you know, of yourself as a DM and as your players uh, after some sessions in in regards to some feedback. So, uh, Tegan, you know, we've done this a little bit in our own campaigns um, back and forth. Uh, So starting with the uh, look, let's look at questions uh, before the campaign is is. You know, going so you're going to have some stuff that uh, so I split these up in in a player related and a campaign session related type questions here. The player related side is going to be more about that player, what things that they uh, so experience with tabletops. Uh, it's always nice to get a feel for what uh, where they're at uh, level wise. A big one here, I think, is the style of uh, play preferred, and you know, role play versus role play. And uh, R-O-L-E versus R-O-L-L. Some people like to roll those dice. Some people really want to get into that story. And uh, I know a lot of times people break that up into combat versus role play. And then I think there's a lot of arguments that, like, combat should actually include a lot of role play. Uh, Role play is just an aspect of it. Uh, So maybe it's more like combat versus story and whatnot.
1: Definitely, it's always one of those things that kind of comes up. Uh, one of those interesting facts. Just, uh, uh, I know for some people that they like they go real heavy on the story side. Some people are just really like a, kind of almost a little war game simulator with the combat. Uh, this really, is, this is kind of a good one as you mentioned for pre-campaign. Uh, and I almost sometimes use these if I'm looking for new players as like. Uh, almost like not interview questions, but kind of like interview questions. Uh, especially if they're not already on the table, this could be a good way of just finding people that are going to fit with your style of DMing. Uh, if you like more characters that are going to be kind of heavily role-playing, it's really kind of living their character, uh, this could be a good way to kind of make sure you're getting those type of people at your table.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And And I think another point with all the questions, too, is is that you also want to be able to provide a game that is enjoyable for the players. Uh, you know, that's, it's a game. Everyone is, uh, you know, in it to play, including you as the DM. So you need to make sure you yourself are, are enjoying your own game as well. But, uh, that's a part of these questions as well. You know, a couple of the things that are, are good to ask for, you know, on the player side, ask about any, maybe sensitive or off, off, uh, limit topics. I mean, there's just something that some people don't enjoy Uh, you know, and, and just however you work that out. I know I've seen some people mention, uh, kind of like, a forget what they call it, like an X card or whatever, where you just, you just put up a card, you know, and it's just like, stop, this isn't, I'm not comfortable with this. And then you just move on, you know, however you want to do that. Um, you know, how you set that up in a a digital setting. Uh, but just, you know, be respectful of everyone. Uh, so it's always nice to, you know, mention some of those things and, um, Another little extra I threw on here that something that I do is um, we've talked about this, Tegan, using webcams because uh, uh, we've started doing that now in our campaigns and it's, it's really added a lot uh, to, the, to the experience online. Um, but, ju- you know, make sure everyone's comfortable with that. And, you know, myself, I stream, I like to stream all my games, so I make sure that my players are comfortable with that as well.
1: Definitely. These are all just kind of good ways to make sure that everybody's having a good time and having fun at your table, uh, and just really make sure you're clicking with everybody. Uh, Because there's there's certain things that you may not want to run, or certain things they may not want to play, and this way you never get into a spot where it's going to be contentious after the campaign's already five, six sessions deep.
0: Yep. Absolutely. So, a few more pre-campaign questions, Uh, and these ones I categorized more as specific to the campaign and the sessions. And some of these, you know, might be already fleshed out, but um, perhaps when you're organizing a new group, of course, you want to know when everyone's available. Time slots, uh, you know, day that they're available and whatnot. You can put together a little, you know, almost a calendar survey and say, all right, you know, pick your day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, etc. What time slot uh, just to figure that out, you know, preferred method for doing ability scores. Some people like to roll the dice and and do 46, Uh, you know, standard array and point by maybe you want that. Um, you know the stat banks method for anyone that knows that. That's another fun way to do that. Uh, just, just to have uh, options there. Preferences for starting level. Um, if you want to leave that up to the to the players. You know, another one that uh, someone has mentioned is is what they're thinking for their PC role and this is one that the players will discuss with each other rather than saying what class are you gonna do uh, you know ask them what their role is so oh, I'm gonna be more of a healer type or I'm gonna be more of a you know damaged uh, output things like that um, it helps it still helps with that with building a party so the party is a little bit balanced but you could show up with with potentially three engineers and they all could fit a different role and the players can be engineers because that's what they want and if you say like well i'm playing an engineer someone might else might say well i wanted to but you get that overlap so um that's a cool one there just to ask what their role is going to be in the party as opposed to the specific class
1: for sure it's kind of helps get that group together and hopefully get everybody a little spot where they can shine throughout the campaign
0: yeah for sure so i think that's you know that's about most of the Initial uh, pre-campaign questions that I would uh, think of. Tegan, anything else to add in that regard? Yeah, those are the big ones. Just really kind of
1: finding if you're going to find a good match between the players and the campaign you're going for. Uh, so definitely if there's anything that you guys see when you're kind of setting up your campaign or looking for players, add it in. But basically they just want to have a good filtering, or just a good way to make sure everybody's on the same page.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So next, and so those were pre-campaign uh, player questions for the players next would be and this is going to help with your your story creation and your and your campaign creation uh P- questions for the pcs for the characters themselves um and, and tegan you know most of these uh, all came from you and uh, you use this in the hunted campaign i'm st- i'm a few sessions in more than a few sessions in into uh like living force for example and i'm going to ask some of these to my players just to pull some of this out but just some great backstory type questions you know that are, are great to ask the characters and, and tegan you know as most of these are yours will if you want to run these uh, run down these for everybody
1: oh yeah definitely and this is something i started doing uh just because i felt like i uh, was some of my campaigns i didn't know enough about the pc uh, cause especially because you want to make when we're doing campaigns like different like arcs or things that will revolve around characters uh and sometimes you get to it and you just realize you don't have enough to build uh so with this i wanted to ask a couple pointed questions so that way i can get something and hopefully find some type of thing i can use to help loop the character in or just learn something new about the character uh, so one of the big ones I ask is for all my uh, newer games, uh, is just kind of what the PCs view on current events is. Uh, so depending on where your campaign's set or what the what's going on, uh, you can ask them about kind of some of the things that are happening, kind of pre and uh, during the campaign. So like if you're doing one that's in the rebellion era, you can pick some event that the Imperials have just done. Uh, you can ask them kind of what what they think about that, how it may have affected them. Uh, just in so kind of see what their current what of their thoughts on the current state of galactic affairs are uh, so that way you can, when you're putting like different uh, hooks and uh, campaign events out there, you may have kind of an idea of how they may react and can either tweak it that way or just really kind of find some different hooks to really make sure you're getting the best story out for them. Uh, other big things i like to ask too is just uh, kind of find out where the PCs is from. The Star Wars Galaxy is huge, uh, even for some of the more common species, it can be almost from anywhere. So just kind of locking that down and just giving some more, uh, helping them kind of build their story out too by hopefully learning a little bit more about where their homeworld is and hopefully how it uh, interacts with the rest of the galaxy. Um, most of my campaigns usually are in an area where there's like decent amount of Force users, uh, so I always ask kind of what their character's view of the Force is. Uh, for some characters, if they're not a Force sensitive type. Uh, They may not have too much to add on it. uh, But this is great for the people that are playing Jedi or other Force-using type classes, uh, just to really kind of hash out what they view the Force as and kind of how they interact with it, which can definitely lead to some cool story pieces. Uh, Last few big ones I ask. does it, this is Star Wars, so you have to ask if they've got any notable family or divisions. Uh, those can be great for getting story hooks or getting uh, NPCs to build into the campaign. Uh, so finding out who their family is and kind of what's going on with it, uh, definitely kind of a good piece to add when uh, kind of get your PC's backstory. Uh, My last one, too, I always do on that side is uh, who taught your PC their skills. Most PCs, especially if they're force users, even if they're just soldiers or operatives or whatever they may be, most likely had somebody that taught them their skills. Uh, This could be another great way for getting another NPC in there, uh, because who knows what that NPC who taught them everything they know is doing now. Uh, And that could definitely be something that leads into another story arc. Uh, And the last question I ask, and this is one of my favorites. uh, Is there anything you want your character to accomplish or encounter during this campaign? Uh, This is just a really good way to find what they're kind of a player's envisioning for their PC. Uh, That way you can have some cool hooks you could put into or just some cool things they can encounter, uh, just to really help them realize that kind of that image or that ideal they set out for their PC. Uh, And while that may change as the campaign goes, this could definitely be one that uh, you maybe ask after a few sessions too, just to see kind of if their PC is still traveling. In the same way they thought it would. Uh, But this is just one I've really enjoyed. It gives you a little bit of a baseline of kind of where that piece or the player wants that PC to go so you can help kind of direct and lead them that way too.
0: Yeah, I was was going to actually say that same thing about the last question there. Uh, I'm not even sure. I'd have to go look uh, what I put in the Hunted campaign for that question uh, from my character. And yeah, I was going to say, I think uh, just thinking about that as the campaign has gone on, that events in the campaign have shaped my character's mindset. And so these accomplishments or whatever, you know, may have may change. So, you know, there's a lot of these things that, you know, you could probably ask a lot of these questions again, you know, five, six, seven sessions in or whatever and, and uh, see, you know, because in these, these role playing games, you know, you're you're playing a character and, and things can affect that. So, um, absolutely. Uh, you know, and there's certainly probably many more questions that you can ask, uh, in this regard, backstory type questions, but uh, I think these are a good, uh, initial list. Um, you know, they've definitely helped, as I said, uh, it, it helped me to, as a player to help flush out my, uh, my character. Um, you know, I've, I've had, even in my one shots, I've had some amazing backstories come to me for a simple one shot. Um, But I think some people, uh, I like having the list of questions to help me flesh that that out because then uh, you have some specific points that you can look to. So uh, definitely there. And then one little extra thing, a little concept in in regards to kind of what your character uh, wants to accomplish or whatnot, but is also what is or was your character doing uh, essentially at the start of the story, at the start of the campaign? And and I thought it'd be a cool concept to essentially have all your characters say, like, they were maybe they were on, you know, some sort of a quest or whatever. And it could be very minor, too, like, you know, they're just trying to find a job or or whatever it is. And then as the players come together, something brings them together. All right, which character is going to pull the group towards their personal goals? Uh, So having that little personal aspect, I think, uh, would be a nice touch as well.
1: Definitely. And, uh, that's a kind of a cool way, especially to kind of think about how your PC got there, which can sometimes be a little hard for players when they're kinda of thrown into that first session. Having a little bit of back or having that thought in their head can definitely make it a little easier to make that transition. Uh, and I actually realized I forgot one question on there that I forgot to ask the hunted crew too, uh, but I've asked my, my traditional D&D crew, but definitely it almost makes a little bit more sense for Star Wars. Uh, what's something that your like your PC like fears or is afraid of or a failure they may have had in their life? Uh, especially with Star Wars, you've got different force effects that can kind of, re- kind of mimic that fear and different things like that. This could be kind of a good way to build a session off too. Uh, so definitely what I'd add on there for your PC just to kind of figure out what, kind of what makes them tick a little bit and kind of how you can wrap that into if a uh, fit your campaign ideas.
0: Yeah. I think that's actually, that's a great one. A great additional one. Uh, it's come up in living force a few times and I just, uh, you know, I wasn't on top of it and it showed up in the, in the module and, and was like, all right, you know, show your player their greatest fear. And, um, you know, so everyone out there, if you haven't yet, check out our Instagram. Cause uh, one of our latest, latest uh, posts that we did with a roll table, was uh, Dark Side Nexus that uh, Tegan put together. Essentially, uh, you know, if you come across, you know, essentially the the cave on on Dagobah or the cavern on uh, Acto,
1: is it? I think so. I I didn't know the name of it until I looked it up, but the the same place that Rey went to when she's trained with Luke.
0: Yeah, so, uh, you know, and she had her, like, kind of visions and whatnot. And, uh, you know, but that tend to lean towards the, you know, more of a dark side type vision. And uh, so there's just some options there. But of course, you know, you need to know, you know, those things, those aspects about the players, their greatest fear, or maybe they ran into a, uh, a great rival, enemy, uh, things like that. So definitely, definitely a great additional question there. Uh, one other aspect about these questions, uh, the PC questions, is uh, at the beginning of a campaign... Is is backstory, uh, co backstory, and uh, you know maybe we'll expand on this next episode. Um, if we're going to go a little bit further into campaign organization and preparation. But um, in in my campaigns now, uh, doing this all on Discord, uh, I'll create a channel for uh, after I look at the PCs, and then I'll say, okay, I see a potential connection between these two people. And you can bring them together. Uh, players can do that themselves. Maybe someone says, "Hey, let's do a co-story," but maybe you, as a DM as well, can find something and say, "Hey, I think this would work out for you two. If you guys want to say that you know each other, and then you can allow them to come together." So that's another big aspect of these questions is uh, picking up on things that might relate them, and then that helps that that good old you meet in a tavern scenario. It just helps it, you know, be that much smoother.
1: Definitely. Because session one can be a little awkward with that. Uh, it just really kind of helps if they know each other a little bit. They don't have to always go through that distrust period and can hopefully get every, uh, kind of the campaign or the story up and run a little, a little faster.
0: Absolutely. So, lots of stuff there. I, you know, we could definitely talk a uh, lots more on on those types of questions. So, uh, moving on though, this next one is uh, something that I have uh, a little more. Internally, I've uh, been doing this. I haven't really written this stuff down, but uh, it's more of a mental uh, reflection. And uh, it is is reflection as a DM after your session? Um, I'm still, you know, I still consider myself a little bit of a newer DM. I, you know, I'm still learning the rules and whatnot. But uh, you know, whether this is for you're a new DM or you're an experienced DM, I think there's value to utilizing something like this uh, either way. But essentially, just Reflecting on how your session went, you know running through these questions real quick, the initial ones that I, I thought of is after your session, you know how did the session go how, how did it how do you feel after the session and then asking yourself why why uh, did it feel like that did Did you have a bad session? did something go wrong or you know was it really good why what are the moments out of that that um went very well uh tegan if you want to volunteer first uh you know just if you have a recent example uh of a recent session and and you know how did that session go uh what was like your initial feelings afterwards
1: Definitely. So my last session I ran was Kazia last Thursday, which is my, uh, kind of, not traditional D&D, but the runs 5e with some uh, homebrew enhancements. Uh, yeah. So it's one of those, yeah, so I don't do this formally, but I always try to think what, kind of what happened and what, uh, what I didn't like or what I ha- did like. For that session, uh, I was happy. with some good RP moments. Um, one thing, uh, the last fight drug on a little longer than I wanted it to. And, uh, it was a little bit tougher than I actually intended it to be. Uh, they kind of They did it in a different way. I wouldn't say less strategic, but they did it a way I wouldn't have done it. So it took a little longer, and uh, we kind of drug on a little bit, and I wish I kind of cut it a little bit sooner. Uh, So it was definitely one of those ones I was like, I I could have changed this up or kind of tweaked it a little bit uh, when I kind of saw the direction they were going with it. Uh, But overall, the session still went well. It was just one of those things I was afterwards like, I should have done that, but I just didn't think of it in the moment.
0: Yeah, and that's. um, I think that's the biggest part of this reflection here is, and that's, that's what I've gotten from it is in the moment, I mean, as a DM, anyone that DMs knows there's so much going on, Uh, you know, you're managing a lot of things. And sometimes it's tough to, you know, think of those, you know, like you said, like, in the moment, you didn't think like, hey, I need to adjust this here and and switch rails or switch gears. Uh, But after the fact, you do. And, if you take the time to reflect on that, even if it's mentally and just say, okay, I did something there. I should have changed this. You know, hopefully next time that's that thought is in your head and whatnot. So, yeah, you want to reflect on how the session went and then why did it go that way. Um, for me, one of my recent ones, uh, I was just frustrated because I rolled like shit. I mean, it was just roll 20 said, screw you, Todd. You know, I didn't, I maybe hit one time with my enemy and it was like the combat just, you know, the players destroyed it. And then when I sat there and I said, all right, why, why does that frustrate you? You know, should that? Well, no, dice are out of my hands. That's the name of the game. I can't control it. And the players still had an amazing time. Like I still, you know, I can tell that they had a good time because they, you know, went through that combat and they, they succeeded and whatnot. So, you know, my frustrations were not really warranted in that regard, so I think that's important too to look at, and you know, if, if there's elements of the game that frustrate you, why are they frustrating you? Make sure that it's something you control, if it's the dice or not, and adjust as you need. Um, a couple things going past this is, uh, you know, was there anything you forgot to do during the session or anything you, you missed? Um, what went very well? What was the success uh, during the session? Um, inspiration was one thing that uh, I I realized I wasn't handing out as much as I wanted. So I created little tokens as a reminder. And now I, you know, and I push my players to, you know, spend the inspiration and earn it. Uh, so that was one little thing that I came up with. And that was all through my reflection of, hey, you know, this is part of my game. I want to improve. Made a little note. and And there we go.
1: Definitely. What the miss, what do you forget thing? That's definitely one of those ones that's going to come up a lot as a DM. like Cause there's always something that you wanted to kind of allude to or kind of lay out for the players that just when everything's running, it just slipped your mind. Uh, like my last session, I wanted to have uh, my villain talking a little bit more and kind of alluding to some future events, but, uh, with Red of the combat, I, I, put too much a few too many things in there and just i completely forgot to do that uh and you'll kind of find that as you do and there's just something like you may have written down or may have written fully intended to do that you forgot about that you have to either integrate to another session or just kind of a leave by the wayside unfortunately
0: yep and it's yeah like you said it's going to happen it's not a big deal uh i think that personally my hope is that in doing this sort of reflection and whatnot is that It'll help with not forgetting going forward because you'll you'll have made a note of it and say, oh hey, don't forget that you know if their air breathers go down, they need to make a con save to hold their breath or something. Um, you know, just just little notes like that uh, potentially can help. So uh, yeah, DMs new or old, you know I, I think as with experience, this stuff will probably you know be you know more of a mental second nature type thing that you do this. Uh, if you're real new, you know maybe type up these notes that you have to reference but uh, I think that the reflection is a good thing to do as a DM and this leads into our you know next uh, set of questions and whatnot, and that is player feedback Uh, player feedback I think is is really big in making sure that you have a a fun and enjoyable game for everybody including yourself as the DM Uh, going forward uh, my personal frequency is going to be about uh, you know four to six sessions, uh, just to kind of check in and say, how are things going? You could, you know, it's up to you. Uh, but uh, the, the main questions that uh, I, ni- I initially have asked is, what do you like and enjoy about the campaign? What do you like and enjoy about the sessions? Two separate things there and then what changes or improvements would you make to each of those so of course the the campaign is going to be the story and all of those elements and then the sessions is specifically that session you know maybe combat takes too long or you know whatever you're not doing enough uh, story uh, rp elements so um those would be the two you know really four questions if you will of what i would do for player feedback
1: definitely and um uh, I know Todd had recently did this for one of his campaigns. that kind of inspired me to do the same. And it's just kind of cool getting... Uh, I did it for both my, uh, my Star Wars 5e and my traditional D&D campaign. And it's just kind of cool seeing uh, the different things they like as well as some of the different things we can kind of bring to the table and then hopefully improve on a little bit for some future sessions.
0: Yeah, and so my recent one that I used it, I've got, I got some amazing feedback. Um, and I want to say this to pl- players. You know, please give feedback. Uh, it's, it's very important yeah. to us as DMs. Uh so you know do take that seriously and know that your DM, you know, just wants to make sure that you're having a good game. So you know, definitely take time to do that. And you know, as a DM I appreciate it very much and I learned a lot about the, the campaign and things that you know we can adjust to make it better overall. Um and so then the kind of second part of this is following up on that feedback. Take all the feedback in, look it over, see what you can tweak, whatnot. Respond individually to some of those people if you need to. Um, I did where I needed to clarify on some of their their questions and whatnot. And uh, then we kind of got to a point where like, okay, I see what you're saying. This is how I see it on my end. Because, uh, you know, you're on the other side of the table. You might view things differently. And then, uh, you know, I'm going to go back to my party, my uh, table, and say, here's a, s- essentially a summary of that feedback Uh, And here's some changes that I think I'm going to implement to just make things better and whatnot. And, um, you know, one thing is I mentioned I'm going to ask some of these uh, PC questions. That came out of my feedback is that there wasn't as much backstory uh, side plots or whatever. And I never really got into that as much as I could have. So I'm going to ask all these players about their backstories more and and potentially work that in. So that's one way that it worked out for me. And then, as I said, we'll go who knows how many more sessions and I'll probably check in again and, and just make sure that things are still going good.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, kind of, it's a great tool for just bringing up things you may not have thought of, because uh, I've got uh, one of those two of one of my players mentioned that they'd love a little bit more opportunities to uh, kind of develop their character, bring their backstory into uh, kind of the current story and just something for that character. I hadn't, I hadn't really thought of it. So it kind of brought that to my attention a little bit. Uh, and then other things too. There's just kind of it's got kind of some good feedback on just different things that they'd like to see a little bit more. Uh, like for one of my campaigns, they wanted some more kind of background and ambiance music. And this is really something I really hadn't thought of too much, but can definitely help spice the game up a bit.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great suggestion. Actually, I've been trying to work that in myself, and it it definitely adds. So, and it can be little things like that. It doesn't have to be, you know, any any main uh, any major situation going on in the. In the session or campaign it could be a little you know, something as small as that and i think that uh you know it just kind of helps add to the experience for that player and
1: it also kind of for even not even just like the things you need to improve it just gives you some cool things too you know like you can kind of like hang your hat on that you do well uh just different things that you kind of know that oh, this is something that i work well with and you got of play to your strengths while still help and kind of pull some of your weaknesses up too
0: absolutely for sure so tegan any other thoughts on on this overall uh just questions to ask you know before during and after a campaign
1: yeah nothing major but just something that i would really encourage uh kind of new and experienced dms to do it's just something i really uh hadn't thought of too much except for the pre-campaign questions and uh kind of going through it especially getting some of the feedback from my players and stuff like something i to be using going forward so uh if you already Perfect, but if not, uh, definitely check out our new uh, kind of freebie. This will be a good way to, for existing campaigns, to get a feel of what's going on, or if you're setting up your new campaign, make sure you get everything off to the best start.
0: Absolutely, definitely, guys. Uh, yeah, make sure you check. Uh, you know, check out our freebie that will have a list of suggested questions here. Tweak those as you may. Uh, you know, let us know on Twitter or wherever else if you have any other questions that you think you would add to these uh, to the list here. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, I think that wraps up everything for this topic. Uh, we thank you all for listening, and hope uh, this helps you out. And uh, it it leads well, I think, into next episode. Uh, we're going to go into uh, aligning with our um, part one of our Patreon adventure, as we mentioned last time. is going to be a it's kind of a plot point campaign where. Uh, There will be somewhat of a beginning and an end, uh, but the stuff in the middle, you can work around as the players get to it, but we're going to have a six-part adventure here for our Patreon members, and uh, coinciding with that, uh, we're going to talk about campaign prep and organization, so just some of the things that we do to help us keep organizing, uh, be organized, uh, you know, all the way from looking for players, what's good ways to do that, uh, we've got a Discord uh, campaign service uh, template that we can offer. Uh, little things like that, doing research for your campaign. Uh, so just, uh, yeah, definitely a good DM-heavy episode for those out there that are looking to maybe start up a new campaign.
1: For sure. Hopefully this will become kind of a little simplified resource you can just listen to before you go to go into getting everything set up and just kind of highlight a few of the areas where we know you have to focus on or even the areas where we've struggled with in the past for getting the campaign set up just so you have a little bit of uh, extra experience when you go into it and make sure you have uh, the best campaign running for your players.
0: Alrighty. Well, thanks again to everyone out there listening. Uh, we appreciate it very much to all of our followers, subscribers, and listeners and whatnot. Make sure to check us out DungeonJediMasters.com for all of our content. We will see you next time. May the Force be with you.
1: May the Force be with you.